are you, Dave? Good. Glad to be here. Uh, have you uh, wondered at all what this this red device in front of you is? No, I didn't realize that uh, the red Solo Cup taped to the... What is that, a fan? Like a little hand personal That's fan? That's exactly what that is. Yeah. This, my friend, is my new invention. This is my retirement. Sha- right the here. shaver saver? The shaver saver. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So do you can you I'm imagine, ready for a demo. Do you want to know what that does? Uh what well, it saves shades. So when you play in bands, you know this, in between sets a lot of times the guys you just sit around and you'll talk about everything, you know, mm-hmm. like Yeah. Uh usually with me it's talking about, you know, UFOs and Yeah, you really talk about everything, yeah. But uh somebody at some point was like uh they had a friend who uh he would always blow dry his razors after he used them because he said he was saying that what makes a razor go dull isn't the shaving it's the Mm -hmm. moisture on a thin layer of moisture on the very edge of that razor oxidizes and it causes it to go dull and And so he's like yeah you just blow dry your razors and they'll last like 10 times longer than they normally would so i i began blow drying my razors and saving on razors years ago and then the other day i was thinking well that's a product yeah like if you if you had a product that would extend the life of your razors by 10 percent or 10 times what they normally would be that's probably a very valuable product so then i thought the shaver saver like this i like the name so this is what the prototype would be you'd have a like a blow dryer and you just, when you're done shaving, you put your, your yeah. razor in there and you, you, drop. you hit a button that's on a timer and it would just and go it, for like, you know, 10 minutes or whatever time it takes yeah. to dry the, the uh, razor and then it shuts off. And I was ready to patent that son of a gun. And then what happened? Well, I got into researching patents and somebody already made one. <laughs> well, it, so, so there's already a, it's not as cool of a name. They just call it the blue, B-L-E-W Razor dryer? No. Yeah. Shaver Mm-mm. saver. Yeah. It's way Shaver saver is way better. <laughs> you were talking about it, and given that this is a conspiracy podcast, I was immediately concerned for your well-being <laughs> because I was thinking like, well, what about these the dollar shave clubs of the world? It's not in their interest. That was interest. my strategy, was not yeah. to find a manufacturer. I was going to get the patent, and then I was going to hold Gillette Ransom to pay okay. buy me out, you yes. know, and say yeah. if you yeah. don't want this to be on every Amazon page, yeah. okay, in, in in the world, yeah, and you give me two million dollars, and then I'd retire. But yeah, if I'm if I'm a razor manufacturer, I don't want I the shaver sworn, saver. I, I really could have sworn that I had a <laughs> getting a, out there because I searched on Amazon and there wasn't anything like it. I thought, wow, original idea here, and then it was. I searched a few other. You know, the internet's pretty big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a lot. And somewhere, somebody has a really sleek looking it's razor. It's big. And, uh, it's smaller if you search on Google because they direct your searches to a more limited field. Maybe that's what it was. I was using DuckDuckGo. Yeah, as you should. They must not be paying Google enough money to mm-hmm. move yeah. up. Yeah. Hmm. Or... Maybe Gillette bought them out and they're purposefully burying it. Yes. Because they don't want yeah. anyone buying that Again, thing. Again, that's, that's the thing, man. That's Golly. what I think is happening. It's big pharma. I just thought, wouldn't that be awesome to be like dead and gone and people go, he was the inventor of the shaver saver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of your kids like at, at your, your, at yeah. your funeral, they're like talking about you. He was a good guy. He was a great musician. Uh-huh. He was a good friend. And he was the inventor of the shaver saver. <laughs> Little known fact. 
He made his money. Dante Schmitz, singer, youth Sorry. baseball baseball coach, and inventor. Inventor of uh, already invented products. Yep. Well, we'll put that right out there for everyone to. That's pretty good. See that. Okay, that's probably right there. Well, uh, I thought it'd be, a, it'd be an interesting tidbit to kick off the podcast bad. today. Uh, anything new with you? Any? Nothing as prolific as that. No. Yeah. I don't know if prolific's there. As, <laughs> asinine might be. <laughs> um, so today we are talking about the much anticipated moon landing. Uh, if you are, well, most people uh, find their way into conspiracy theories through the moon landing. JFK obviously being a big one, yeah. but it's kind of a staple uh, conspiracy theory topic that did we go to the moon? Yeah. Did we not go to the moon? Uh, did we go to the moon, but they faked a bunch of it? Did we, you know, is the is the whole thing a lie? Is the earth flat and we've never even gone in out of low orbit? I mean, there's lots of yeah. layers of conspiracy, but the moon landing is uh, prominent, I would say. Yeah, it's it's not one of the first ones I would have listed before we got into this. Did you... Have you ever looked into the conspiracy theory, like the idea that maybe we didn't go to the moon? Not until recently, no. Okay. Yeah, so I you're... took it for granted that we went to the moon. Until and, when? Yeah. A week like a, ago? Like a month ago. Oh, yeah. when I said, let's do the moon. Yeah, landing. I mean, like you you mentioned in the last episode that somebody made the comment, I just feel sorry for people that think we landed <laughs> on the moon. And sometime in the last few months, you made a comment in passing that was like, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, he probably believes we landed on the moon, too, talking yeah. about somebody, like, dismissively. And that was the first time I thought, well, we did. Did we? Did we? Wait a minute. <laughs> and then. Sorry, it's allergy season. No, but you go ahead. Bless you. So, yeah, it was one of those, the little, like the comment in some of the material we're going to go through today. <laughs> Um, I was under the umbrella of what this guy writes about when he says, most people that just take it for granted that we landed on the moon, just like the media would have us believe, really don't know anything about the moon landing. And yeah. they just kind of like, they look at you like you're kooky. And then you go, well, why don't you tell me a little bit about the moon landing? And they have just nothing in terms of facts that they can recite. So um, I was in that camp. Now I'm not ready to like fully commit to, you know, tinfoil hat. We well, didn't only read on the, the first three articles then, right? Just the first one a couple of times. I've, I've listened to a couple of podcasts well, that Buckle are, up. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can tell you I'm on shaky ground already. Like, you know, if I've got to like hit the gavel now and just make yeah. a call, I'm, I'm in this moment kind of like, no, we didn't go to the moon. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I didn't tell you there was... Oh, there's two things related. So a buddy of mine who listens to the podcast, Elliot, I know you're going to hear this. So I'm um, shout out, Elliot. Thank you for listening. And he's always, you know, we, we run into each other and talk about the podcast. And um, he called me after the last one because I made that comment about Kubrick. And like, if you just go watch 2001 mm -hmm. Space Odyssey, and I guess he did go and watch it. Yeah. And he said something to that effect of like, well, maybe we didn't go to the moon. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, you know. Who knows? But uh, I think that was, as long as I'm pulling people down the rabbit hole with me, I'm happy. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's the idea. Yeah. Well, let me pull up. So what we're going to talk about 
is, oh, there was another, another exciting news. I got an email this morning from another podcast. Oh gosh, I forget the name of it. It's out of New England and it's a pretty big podcast. They're going to, um, is it Necronomapod? No. Cause that's my it? new favorite one I found since we started doing this. Necronom. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's, let me look it up. It's, uh, Ray was the guy's name and, uh, oh gosh, what's that podcast called? Um, anyway, while I look for it, they are doing, they did a podcast on Betty and Barney Hill back in 2017 mm-hmm. and they are revisit, they're doing a series where they're revisiting their most popular podcast and so he was doing research. I can't find his thing. Uh, he was doing research on uh, Betty and Barney Hill, like recently, and he came across the article about the new song that we just released. Oh, cool! And so he was writing to, to see if he could use the song in the new podcast. Yeah. Which, of course, I said, "No way, Jose!" Paid me a lot of money. Yeah, uh, it's the New England Legends. OurNewEnglandLegends.com is the website. And they've got like 4 million downloads. So they're pretty big podcasts. So they're going to, he's going to send a link when it comes out and we can, we can link to it in our podcast too, to share. But, um, uh, that's that, pretty cool. I think that's awesome. I texted the guys in the band and well, no, I texted Roger cause he and I are on the same wavelength with this. Like we know <laughs> it's going to work, but I said, this is exactly what I expected to happen. Yeah. And this is why we need somebody out there soliciting the song to every ancient aliens, UFO podcast, yeah. TV show and movie. Mm-hmm. Cause if we write country music about aliens, it will be featured on the, all sure. of those programs. Yeah, it's just why wouldn't you? You know. So anyway, it's looking good. But today we're talking about the moon landing, and obviously there's a vast amount of people who have podcasted or written and made films and movies about. One of the biggest ones is a funny thing happened on the way to the moon. You ever mm-hmm. watched that one? I've heard of it. I haven't watched it. Um, it's pretty convincing too, but. Uh, David McGowan has a website called the Center Center for an Informed America, which sounds really awesome. And yeah. um, he died back in two, 2015 of lung cancer. I don't think there's anything nefarious related. I think he had uh, smoked for a long time and it was, you know, unfortunate. But he is a, uh, uh, I mean... Whether or not you agree with some of the things, some of his, you know, views on history and, uh, you know, what exactly we might have been misled about in history, uh, he's a prolific writer and mm-hmm. uh, just has, I mean, the website's amazing just on that. Like, he has a whole series on Laurel Canyon and how the CIA basically created the hippie movement using artists like, you know, Janis Joplin and Dave Crosby and all these people. He basically connects them all to high-ranking military families and says that they're all, you know, Just the plant. CIA basically with with the drug revolution and the sexual, like all of that was on purpose. There was mm-hmm. no, it was nothing organic about it. Uh, and even Jimi Hendrix was in the military. And, you know, it's like, you know, it, it's, we'll go into that one too, but it's a, he's a fascinating mind whether or not you buy into what he's selling, mm-hmm. because you can accuse him of being wrong about things, but you can't accuse him of not being brilliant, I think, because uh, even if he's connecting dots in, a, in an incorrect way, it's still just brilliant to see somebody yeah. connect that many dots and pull, pull that information together. So uh, what we thought we'd do, since in my opinion, if you are going to debunk the lunar landings, if you were going to call you know, NASA's bluff— 
No one has done a better job of it than David McGowan at this website. So you can follow along on this website. It's a 14-part series. On mm-hmm. the, he calls the, the the series is called Wagging the Moon Doggy, and um, which is pretty funny. And then uh, he does a 14-part series where he goes through. And somebody, I think, after he died, went and narrated it. So there's an audio version. Oh. If you just want to listen to it, yeah, that and would it's, be helpful for me. And it's all think. together, which, but the only thing is that it's not on YouTube; it's on their private server. So, uh, if you if you turn it off, it's not going to reopen right where you left off. Yeah. So you might take note of the timestamp of like, because it's like five hours long. Yeah. So you want to like kind of know where you're at. Is it three, five, somewhere like that? It's long. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you're right. We should put that in the show notes because yeah, for me, getting through. That many articles is uh, difficult, but man, in an audio format, as one's doing menial tasks, that's going to be good. That's how I got through it. Yeah. <laughs> I've not well, read the whole thing. Yeah, I've, you, I've read some of it, but... I was trying to get it read, and you go, well, did you get through did you how get much? Through? Yeah, and I was like, that's I barely got... Reading. Yeah, like I read through the first one a couple times, and it's written so well that you want to read it and really digest it. Um and I thought, you got five kids. How did you find the time to read all 14 of these? Well, articles? I actually did read most of this because uh, it was the one, like, okay, you're saying, you're pretty agnostic about it right now uh, as far as did we go, did we not go? You're kind of like, I don't have enough information. I, I mm-hmm. You did think we went, but you also will admit you don't know well, much about the moon. when I say in this moment, I'm going, we didn't go to the moon. I, I realize that's because I just filled my head with a bunch of content from David McGowan and a few other people over the last 48 hours. So (laughs) I'm kind of hopped up on, (laughs) I, I, I think I want to like withhold my opinion till we get into this series. Well, maybe it's fun for me to just give you temperature checks throughout, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And so I won't, I'm not saying if I think we faked the moon landings or not, we're going to work our way through David McGowan's analysis of the moon landings and talk about his opinions about, uh, the moon landings, and then maybe at the end of the series, I'll make a determination of whether or not I think we went to the moon or yeah. not. So the part part one, if you want to pull that up, yeah, I, got it. Um, I thought I'd read the the quote at the top of it because it's it's very uh, it's a it's a perfect way to start. Yeah, it's a quote by uh, Werner von Braun, who was the former uh, Nazi scientist that we decided to hire to run NASA. So. That's a whole nother podcast we go into. Why <laughs> were all these Nazis running not NASA? Not digress. Let's go uh, stay on task. Most of them, uh, they were Nazis. I don't know. Uh, who knows why we didn't put them in jail or kill them, but uh, they ran NASA. Yeah. And so this was his quote. He said, It is commonly believed that man will fly directly from the Earth to the moon. But to do this, we would require a vehicle of such gigantic proportions that it would prove an economic impossibility. It would have to develop sufficient speed to penetrate the atmosphere and overcome the Earth's gravity. And having traveled all the way to the moon, it must still have enough fuel to land safely and make the return trip to Earth. Furthermore, in order to give the expedition a margin of safety, we would not use one ship alone, but a minimum of three. Each rocket ship would be taller than New York's Empire State Building, almost a fourth of a mile high, and weigh about 10 times the tonnage of the Queen Mary, or some 800,000 tons. Werner von Braun, the father of the Apollo space program, riding in conquest of the moon. Um, 
I'm assuming that was before we launched rockets. He seemed pretty uh, skeptical of the yeah. concept of going to the moon. Um, and that's how this all starts out. So I think in the first chapter, I don't know if you have any sections you want to read or, or, or focus in on. He's talking a lot about like, why we, why you would do this like why fake a moon landing what's the what's what's the point of it all um and, and you know there could be different reasons for that i don't know what are your thoughts yeah i mean the the short version of why we would want to do it was to restore some american pride um at the time the soviets were really pulling ahead on the space race I mean, they were the first to get. Uh, they were the first to get a, a unit in space. They were the first to get an animal in space. They were the first to get a human in space. On on virtually every yeah, they level, were just they were killing us way ahead of us. Yeah, and then out of nowhere, Kennedy comes on and says, "Guys, we're going to get a human on the moon in less than a year or something like that." Um, so you go, "Wow, that's a pretty audacious claim, considering you haven't hardly done anything that your opponent has done." Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's what I think that the motivation would be if you were going to set up to dupe the American public is we got to restore some confidence in our country, get some national pride going. Because right now we're, you know, we're in the middle of this conflict in Vietnam. That's not going so great. And now that we've got the communists just kicking our butts in the space race. So if we're going to instill some national pride one way to do that is to really have a big win with this moon landing you would think though that kennedy would have had a meeting with von braun before that announcement and kind of assess the feasibility of going to the moon do you think because von braun okay so that was his opinion before the launch mm -hmm. i would imagine that meeting would go something like mr president it's impossible to go to the moon yeah. uh, i know the soviets are trying but it's it's a fool's errand they're not going to make it i think Many leaders are kind of like they don't listen to that. So when you go, you think they would speed. have, yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> they're on speed or like some some of the more pro like more charismatic leaders or excuse me, charismatic leaders, they just say things, and like then the the support staff charismatic and speed probably go really well. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> It's like oh, uh, he just said it. Now we got to go. Exactly. Dad, gum it. Well, that's the thing is I've worked for people that they they well, say you can't backtrack that stuff. Exactly, easy. I mean, how often yeah. uh -huh. does the president of the United States come out and say I was completely wrong about this? I'm sorry. The federal government in general. When do they yeah. come out and go? We totally screwed the pooch on this. I'm well, sorry. Yeah. Let's just no. let's back up. Uh, that was uh, yeah. We were like a little aggressive with that deadline. Yeah. yeah. No, they don't. No. They never go back and say they're sorry. Right. So just to put you in uh, David McGowan's mind of kind of mm -hmm. where he's at, this is what he was writing in the first part. Um, he talked a little bit about romanticized, clinging to nostalgia of, of the, that time, but he said that's not the main reason people cling so tenac tenaciously to the idea of going to the moon, um, to essentially what he calls... To essentially what is the adult version of Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, and the Tooth Fairy. What primarily motivates them is fear. But it is not uh, the lie itself that scares people. It is what the lie says about the world around us and how it really functions. 
For if NASA was able to pull off such an outrageous hoax before the entire world, then keep that lie in place for four decades, five at this time, I believe, um, what does that say about the control of information that we receive? What does that say about the media, the scientific community, the educational community, and all the other institutions we depend on to tell us the truth? What does it say about the very nature of the world we live in? Um, that's what scares the hell out of people and prevents them from even considering the possibility that they could have been so, so, so thoroughly duped. It's not being lied to about the moon landings that people have a problem with. It's the realization that comes with that revelation. If they could lie about that, they could lie about anything. But that's kind of been my point about JFK. Right. Like when yeah. I picked him as the first one is, it seems, would we lie about going to the moon? That seems absurd. That mm -hmm. seems like ridiculous. But if you've established that we blew the president's face off in the middle of everybody, and then his brother too, mm -hmm. I mean, would they fake? Yes, of course they'd fake a yeah. moon landing. I mean, why, I mean, it's to kill the president. So yeah. what makes you think they wouldn't fake a moon landing? Yeah, that's uh, one of the notes I had down was kind of the same excerpt and that same thought of, okay, episode one of Conspiracy Dad, we set kind of the precedent of this is uh, if the assassination of Kennedy is something that they, the big they, are willing to do, then what does that open up from here on out? And then you go, well, that, yeah, faking a moon landing is yeah. Not, it seems like not even that bad. That's, that's actually a point he makes when he's, yeah. he's talking about the, the the moon landing lie is a unique among the big lies. In another way, it's a lie that seemingly cannot be maintained. In, uh, it's different that it can't be maintained indefinitely. Eventually, you know, other people are going to get there. Um, as you say, Washington need never come clean to say the Kennedys were assassinated. After all, they've been lying about the Lincoln assassination for <laughs> nearly a century and a half now and getting away with it. But the moon landing hoax, I would think, has to have some kind of expiration date at some point. Um, but also, it's not uh, I think further on in their big shocker. He's a 9-11 truther, too. Yeah, but yeah. he says something to the effect of, well, it's not murdering 3,000 innocent right. Americans, <laughs> billions of dollars of, of uh, infrastructure, and starting two illegal wars in foreign countries. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, as far as lies go, is pretty benign if you just, well, what did you do? You created a, a lot of uh, patriotism. You created a lot of you, you also bankrupted the Soviet Union. I mean, there's lots of reasons that you could look at it and like, if it was a lie, think, well, I would have done that, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Which is what I've always said from the beginning. Yeah, I was, before we got on the air, I was saying how much I liked the tone of McGowan's writing. Um, but it is funny, I was like right on board with him right up until he got into this 9-11 truther paragraph. I'm going, yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Back we to didn't... the other point. <laughs> and then... And then then he dropped that paragraph, and I thought, well, I'm not ready to go call there it, yet. Like, the Kennedy principle or something. Yeah. You know, like, right. like the Kennedy litmus test. If yeah. Johnson killed Kennedy, then all bets are off for pretty much sure. any of this stuff, any of it's possible. Um, the 9 11 truther, I'm not ready to jump on board with, but I will say, yet. Uh, <laughs> it's early in this podcast. Only episode 10 or yeah, something right. like that. <laughs> um, I will say, having learned a little bit more about 9 11 and the wars after that, um, I am like, well, yeah, it's not like we were all that honest about reasons for going to war or how things were going over there or weapons of mass destruction. So again, it's kind of like, well, yeah, they have the capacity to 
be dishonest. And so if they have an objective that they want to meet, like say, make people believe that we made it to the moon, then. And I think that, um, I think it's further down in this first article, his main point of, of why, well, why, if the government's going to lie about something like this, why would they lie about the moon landing? He says, um, it's obviously for security reasons because, Everything that we ever did early on, especially in space exploration, had uh, military defense yeah. in mind. Mm -hmm. It wasn't about science. It wasn't right. about exploration. It was about, um, in some ways, I think he would say, this hoax over here was a, a distraction. So you didn't see the weaponry yeah. that was yeah. being put up over here. Well, the way I understand it is this space race, it, it wasn't so much like, hey, we get to touch the moon before you. What it represented to the general populace mm -hmm. was, hey, we can shoot a rocket from here before you can. And like yep. a, a nuclear weapon yeah. more specifically, right? I mean, the the whole idea is the ability to get to the moon represents the capability to fire a nuclear weapon from space at your enemy, right? Which they can do from satellites too, but mm -hmm. which is probably Could they what they already the can. Or, yeah. Well, I think that's what he's saying is that that... Uh, there were defense systems being put in place that I don't know about. He doesn't know about mm -hmm. like that. That's what was going on. It's right. like, you guys are all arguing about over. We went to the moon or not. Right. Yeah. Where's your money really going? It's going to stuff you don't know about that's okay. you yeah. know, space defense, which is now, uh, they have space act or space force, which, uh, I just followed on Twitter the other day. If you haven't, they have their uniforms. Is it out for now. real called space force? Yes. Like the Steve Carell show. No, but you didn't know that, that Trump started a new branch of the military called Space Force? Oh, I don't know if I... I thought it was just a Netflix show. No. Have you seen the the show? No. Oh, it's what is hilarious. It? What is in it? Um, Carell? Carell. Yeah, called he plays... Space Force. He plays the commander of Space Force. How old is it? Oh, it's uh, within the last five years. So I mean, it was during Trump's presidency? Yeah, yeah. I think that's when they launched it. Is that it. the whole point of it, though? Is Maybe like it is. Fun? Yeah. You didn't know it? <laughs> you didn't get it? <laughs> I am woefully <laughs> out of the... <laughs> I, I'm not familiar with it. I know that Trump started Space Force and they just oh, got their uniforms man. and they just approved their official anthem or song or whatever. They have a song? I tell you, if one of my kids ends up being a Space Force cadet and I can put that bumper sticker on my car... I'd be a proud dad. My son is a Space Force cadet. Oh, my God. I'm always trying to talk him into it. Uh, my my boy, Teddy, he said he wants to be a uh, an athlete or a priest. And I was like, you could be a Space Force. You could be a chaplain in space, you know? That and he's like, be, and he's lit up. He's like, I could do that. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah. yeah. Say, say, say mass in space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so moving right along, uh, is there anything else in the first part of the series that you want to touch on? Any points that stood out to you? As, um, um, one thing that in that article that I thought was an interesting point was around the section where you were just reading is the point that uh, he loosely quotes Hitler as saying, "If you're going oh, yeah, yeah. to tell a lie, if you're going to tell a lie, make it a may, better be big, big old lie." Yeah, and I, I think thought, I have that. Do you want to read me to read some of Mein Kampf? <laughs> Um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> if we, we want to alienate any of our it, yeah. fans, I'm not endorsing Hitler. No, I'm just, we're saying just saying that this is what this is the way Hitler viewed reality, and um, he he wrote basically. Oh gosh, now I've dropped it. I thought I had it right in front of me. 
Yeah, I, I think I dropped it. I'm terrible about that. Adolf Hitler knew a little bit about the fine art of lying. It was before that. Sorry. Sorry, folks. Anyway, you got the gist of it, though. He's talking about, you know, his, you know, in his case, writing Mein Kampf, uh, you know, creating this lie, genetic lie about mm-hmm. superiority of the German Aryan race and all of that. And um, obviously it worked. Uh, an entire country bought into that and um, almost burned Europe to the ground. So, yeah, it made me think of uh, that Catch Me If You Can movie or the book. Like that's another Leo, podcast we have to do. Yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio's character is telling audacious, large lies, which is part of what gets him through a lot of these weird situations. He just goes and sits down in the cockpit yeah, of a plane. The, the the reason I say that, I don't think I've talked to you about this yet. Oh, that's another didn't happen or something. No, and that's not even a conspiracy. Like, there's a guy who started researching that man. I forget his name. The yeah, the character yeah. and found out that he was lying about all of it. Whoa, that that I entire love movie based lying. on Leonardo DiCaprio is a lie about lies. That's funny. And <laughs> and he even confronted him about Frank, it. Frank Abagnale Jr. Yes. is the guy. Yes. When I went to search him, I just typed in, catch me if you can, guy, and Google populated lied. Lied, <laughs> yes. So, I didn't know yeah, that until about a few that? weeks ago. And New York I, um, Post. Yeah, it just came out a few weeks ago on the there's, New York Post. There's a podcast that we can do about it, but it's oh my goodness, uh, it was kind of shocking to say like, but it, yeah, it plays right into the whole oh, topic. See, lies upon lies upon lies, turtles all the way down. Yeah, you think you think that people are honest? They're not. They're lying about everything. <laughs> God, that is hilarious. That... But you, you're right in the God, like the the uh, ego of somebody to just continue to he found out that he was in jail when all these things were supposed to have happened he found like his papers and he's like how did you fake being a pilot and a doctor us when you were in prison like oh you, you weren't even in the public there's no way you could yeah have you know it all of this comes back to uh we we just take most of these things at face value because why would why would you lie about that right it's so big that that's a perfect example that you, mm-hmm. you know, guy walks in in a white lab coat and he says he's a doctor and you ask him, where'd you go to medical school? And you say, uh, you know, Harvard or something. I don't know. Even yeah. just OU. And you go, okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna, I have how many never, times has somebody yeah. met you and said they're a doctor and you actually verified that they were a doctor? You, well, that's hilarious. Like Tony, our strings player. Yeah. If I had to guess out of a lineup, who's a doctor, like he drives a classic motor like muscle car truck and like just is always out being a musician. And so I wouldn't guess that he's a doctor. He just said he he's a doctor. Yeah, he doesn't look like, look like a doctor. No, no. He's like, Jason kind of looks like a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Jason, I believe is a doctor. Somehow um, looks, he just looks smart when you, when you well, and he him. says things in a very matter of fact way, you know, that I think is like kind of that. Yeah. Like way that doctors deliver news. Yeah. Uh, it is cancer. <laughs> um, oh, I shouldn't laugh at that. No. <laughs> The way you said it was funny. Um, Getting cancer is not funny. So Tony, though, 
like if nobody told me he was a doctor, I wouldn't guess that's what he does for a living. Keep going. I'm gonna but cool the stream off it. It's funny you should say that because yeah, when people told me he's a doctor or if he said it, I've never asked to see his certificate or anything like that. But then again, I've never asked to see any credentials from any doctor I've ever seen. Like, what if these are people? I've never asked anyone. My mechanic. God, some my guy just attorney, asking me to unbutton my pants. <laughs> Who knows what could be going on. Yeah, mechanics, that's a relatively like harmless crime, you know, but... Well, I don't know if you're driving down the road. And you're, that's true, yeah. There's some... There's a light level of trust that that's, goes into yeah. that. So we've established uh, lots and lots of possibilities for lies. Hold on one second. I'll call you in a little bit, bud, when we're ready. Okay. Not right now. Um, so anyway, back to the podcast. We have a special guest coming up here in just a bit, but he can't come on quite yet. Uh, so the first part establishes that, um, and I think it is mostly just a practice in logic and reason. It's not really getting into any details. It's, I mean, there's a little bit, but it's mm -hmm. basically, uh, laying the foundations for his argument as far as, you know, why, why something would like this would even happen. And then why people would, um, be opposed to critically thinking about it. Yeah. Because... Your whole worldview collapses. Yeah, you just take it for granted. Um, often, that's the way, like, so many people get out of, like, I hear the the conversation about, oh, yeah, my first, my freshman year of college, Philosophy 101, that's when it, like, my whole worldview got shook. And it's because you grow up in your parents' house, and they explain how the world works to you, and it never even crosses your mind that there's another way that somebody might explain mm -hmm. that until you get into a class that's deliberately set up to expose you to a lot of different worldviews. Um, yeah, you just take for granted the idea that, well, whatever I was told first, that's that's the truth. Um, yeah, hopefully we'll get into like the lost video footage. <laughs> well, let's go move on to part yeah. two. So part two of his series um, starts out with one of the most, the, the first place usually people go when they go to talk to a, 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 a debunk a moon landing or, or either side of the argument is what about the moon rocks? Yeah. Um, if we didn't go to the moon, how does NASA have all these moon rocks and other scientists have looked at them? I think they've verified they are moon rocks. And so you would think that the only way you'd get a moon rock is to go to the moon. Mm -hmm. You would actually be incorrect that there's actually lots of moon rocks on earth because the moon doesn't have an atmosphere and it's always getting bombarded with all kinds of, hmm. you know, meteors and, and things. And large chunks of the moon have broken off and fallen into our orbit and, and through our atmosphere and landed on Earth, um, just like any other meteor, most of them being in Ant in Antarctica oh, um, because okay. of the cold, I That's think, lucky. and desolate. It's, they're preserved well up there. Mm -hmm. And he points out that it is... Very uh, interesting that in 1967, our favorite Nazi scientist, Werner von Braun, decided to stop researching rockets and take an expedition to Antarctica. Yeah. And NASA's never really explained what that was about, mm -hmm. why he was going there. Um, but uh, he did go there in 1967. Who knows why? Just a couple years before our astronauts started touring the world and handing out moon rocks to everybody. Yes. Right? And then... Um, <laughs> That's un that's 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 odd. But then uh, one of the biggest things that happened that started to uh, make this a problem for NASA was, I think, in 2009 or maybe it was before that, but not too long ago, 
NASA gave a moon rock. They get they've given out. There's been like 250 yeah. moon rocks identified, mm-hmm. and they've given out a lot of them to other countries. You know, who knows why? You know, to to kind of rub it in their face or to be like, <laughs> yes, we are we are the Americans. We are the winners. Yeah. You are the losers. Um, but we gave one to the Dutch, right? Or maybe we didn't. Yeah, well, we didn't. <laughs> we gave them what we said was a moon yeah, rock. Yeah. And the Dutch actually uh, ran some headlines on several of their media outlets uh, during the, the moon launch and called BS on NASA oh, that's and said great. that they didn't believe that we went to the moon. And so there's a, some, some of David's theory is that maybe there was some animosity there between NASA and the Dutch, so they give them this moon rock. But... Well, the Dutch, they didn't take it at face value. They decided to test that moon rock. They looked for the certificate yeah. hanging up on the mechanic's wall. Yes, and uh turns out it was a piece of petrified wood from Arizona. Whoops, yeah. It was not, in fact, a moon rock. And uh, so then you'd think, well, what about the hundreds of other moon rocks all over the planet? Mm-hmm. Well, there was a website, I can't remember the name of it, he has it in the article, but there's somebody who started trying to track down all the moon rocks, and most of them are missing, to be be honest. There's, you know, roughly 20 to 30 of them can be found, a hundred plus of them are, uh, when when they've reached out to the governments that have been given them, the answer is it's missing. They don't know where it is. Seems odd. Yeah. How did you have a bank of hundreds of moon rocks and now all of a sudden you have no moon rocks? You can't find them? Oh, yeah. And he has a picture of it on the article. It's pretty funny. Uh, Let me look at it. With the compliments of the ambassador of the United States of America, William Biddendorf, to commemorate the visit to the Netherlands of the Apollo 11 astronauts, Neil Armstrong, Michael Collins, Ed Aldrin Jr., um, and that was fake. So how, you know, does that mean we didn't go to the moon? It means we didn't bring rocks back from right. the moon, maybe. <laughs> I mean, you could make just, an argument for, well, okay, we did go to the moon, but rocks are heavy and every pound counts and we got to come back. So we didn't yeah. bring any back uh-huh. because, uh, that fuel, we needed all the fuel we that could That was what I thought about. I'd never heard about us passing moon rocks out. Until I read about the Dutch calling us out on giving them a not moon rock. Um, And I thought, well, I don't remember any kind of, in the general story of, you know, the astronauts landing on the moon, I don't remember any like, and then they packed their bags full of rocks and they came back. Because just reading that Von Braun quote at the beginning, the capacity, like the fuel capacity and the amount of volume and weight you've got to move to get up there is a large number. And then bear in mind, you've got to bring enough with you to get back. So you're taking a giant payload of weight with you. So now we're going to bring some rocks with us. I mean, I guess we burned some fuel off. So you got a little bit of headroom. Yeah, but you still have to get out of uh, moon's uh, orbit. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the moon, this is a bit of a diversion divergence from this thing, but I, you know, there was a book written in the 1960s, maybe 50s by a couple of Soviet astronauts. And it was basically called Our Impossible Moon. I'd have to look up the name of it, but they're talking about the physical impossibility of our moon and comparing the size of our moon to uh, satellites is what you'd call it, satellites on other Mm. planets. Mm -hmm. And they're just saying our moon's too big. 
Yeah. It's far too big. Yeah. So they're basically saying with the physics of it, somebody placed it there because it it wouldn't have just naturally occurred. And they usually people get uncomfortable when you say that because you're like, wait a minute, somebody placed the moon there? It's like, well, it's perfectly placed for where we need it right. to be yeah. for the earth to exist in the way it does. And it's also a fourth of the size of the earth, which is way too big compared to other planets, mm -hmm. according to these guys, not me. I am an idiot, but... I just think it's interesting to think about. You you just don't ever stop and go like, what does that say about right. where yeah. we are and how we got here? Like who hung the moon? Yeah, who put the moon there? Yeah. It didn't uh it didn't just organically appear. Maybe that's something that the uh maybe that was a reason to go to the moon, answer that question. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've heard other conspiracy theorists say it's like, it's not, you know, that everyone's arguing about, did we go to the moon or not? No one ever stops to go, what did we find when we got to the moon? And then that's the whole reptilians and aliens yeah, and all yeah. that. But there are a lot of, uh, a lot of NASA, well, astronauts and NASA, pe people, not, not just astronauts, but even, you know, presidents and and people that have the whole UFO topic that have claimed to see UFOs and claimed right. to see UFOs yeah. when they were on the moon. Um, I I started to like uh, my raft started to float off into those waters when I was looking into this, and I quickly was like, no, no, I'm not looking at that right now. <laughs> I'm focusing on these fake moon rocks and a couple other pieces of information <laughs> as it pertains to Apollo Eleven specifically. Yeah, and if you get into uh, like a funny thing happened on the way to the moon, the, the documentary, which that that one, it's it's cool because um, they do show. I mean, they prove. I guess you'd say this proof. I mean, if you prove that NASA's faking footage, at the very least, a lot of the footage that we saw of this supposed moon landing was just fake. I mean, there's no doubt about. Like, there one of the famous ones is they're showing. Uh, the shot from the back of the the shuttle, like of the Earth, mm -hmm. and it's it's a famous image called um, the Blue Planet or something like that. It's like uh, you look it up, but it's they found somebody leaked an extended version of that video where they they're showing the Earth at a distance, like they're going toward the to the Moon, mm -hmm. and then uh, once you hear over the radio. NASA say, all right, that's enough or whatever. They pull the camera back and you realize that it's like an optical illusion and the the frame fills with the earth. They were just like, you, they were using the camera in the window somehow to make it look like uh, a small little ball, okay. ball. And it was like, actually, they were still in low earth orbit. Okay. They, they had not yeah. gone, you know, deep mm -hmm. through the Van Allen radiation belts and all that. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It's not David McGowan, but that's another great one. Watch a funny thing happen on the way to the moon. All right, so I know that covers uh, kind of the first half of part two. Was there anything? Was there? Any, do you want to do more into part two, or is there anything in part one that maybe we didn't cover, or do you want to button this up? Yeah, this I knew episode? about the moon rocks um, from other stuff I looked into, but one thing I wanted to cover that technically is in that first article, the part one, is the lost footage. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this. Yeah. I mean, I, we're just gonna pick pieces yeah. of this. Honestly, there's so much to right. these articles. If you actually read them, uh, we couldn't possibly put. It would be a 24-hour podcast <laughs> if we put all of it into here. And as much as you'd like to spend your entire day with us, yes. Uh, anyway, um, so what? Yeah, talk about the, yeah. All so of the missing, like you think that you've seen 
right. the, the, the yeah. footage of us on the moon. And that was kind of my point on the Stanley Kubrick thing is like people have this thing in their mind that we just watched it on a grainy TV because that's all we had back then. Mm-hmm. No, we had high definition cinema yeah. cameras like we you could you why why have you never seen high definition you know film footage of walking on the moon which they could have yes you couldn't have broadcast it but you could have brought it back developed it and had us look at it and see in high detail oh exactly what it looks like to be on the moon well you've never seen that and there's probably a good reason why i don't know part of the reason is apparently the the video cameras that they brought with them on the shuttle were like they were like 30 years old at the time they were old antiquated cameras um, and that they shot sense. in a different format. It had something to do with the the weight of them or it's just what like it's sort of like if you went to the library and you said, hey, can I get an MP3 of this audiobook?" And they go, well, we don't have that, but we do have this CD if you want to hang on to that <laughs> or better yet, like here, we'll give you this cassette recorder and you can listen yeah. to the audiobook. Yeah. It's that sort of thing. Like the way that this read was, uh, well, they just NASA just didn't have fancy cameras <laughs> um so what they took was this that's old just video first of system. all I, that, that's that's just not true right yeah i mean i know because when kubrick did 2001 the reason oh he borrowed they had a relationship because yeah. he was borrowing these state-of-the-art cameras yeah. from nasa so there was had, a reason the there cameras. was some kind of a reason that they brought these old cameras um and then these cameras were not compatible with the, the broadcast with the broadcast yeah, system so you're right we the footage any one of us has seen of the moon landing like the you know the quintessential iconic anything online anything you've seen and video. that's a uh a, it's like a, a copy of a copy right. it's like they filmed it and then they had to film a broadcast yes. of that yeah. and to, to project to it put it out into the world which degraded it quite yeah. a bit which mm-hmm. is why it looks so terrible when you watch right. it it doesn't look like stanley kubrick's film it looks like you know, terrible TV mm-hmm. in the 1960s. Which one of the comments in this, I think, says like, count to your point, like that's bad video footage for the 60s. Like if if you were talking to somebody in the 60s, oh, you saw the moon landing? How mm-hmm. was it? How oh, is a little grainy? Hard to see. Yeah. Well, that's that's a point that I made um, years ago was when I saw a funny thing happen on the way to the moon, you realize, well, did they have color, high quality yeah. film? They did because we see film of them in the shuttle. Mm-hmm. They just didn't take it onto the moon. Yeah. But why wouldn't you say, take this camera with you, man? And when you're out there, <laughs> shoot this color, yeah. high definition that would be nice. footage yeah. so that we can see what the moon looks like and give it back to the president when we get home. Yeah. So you know that they had it. They just, they, it, so their answer now is that it's all gone missing. It was destroyed yeah, so, for some yeah, reason. Yeah, you said, why didn't they shoot some footage and at least bring it back? Well, they did. And we never saw it. And yeah, I heard, you know, as an excerpt from that saying that part one article towards the end, um, he's going on about, you know, uh, footage in public domain was created. Um, let's see. Unfortunately, it isn't just the video footage that's missing. Also allegedly beamed back from the moon was voice data, biomedical monitoring data, and telemetry data uh, to monitor the location and mechanical functioning of the spaceship. All of that data, the entire alleged record of the moon landings, was on the 13,000-plus reels that are said to be missing. So you're telling me the biggest project that NASA has ever done 
all of the documentation for that project. See, I, I've heard people say that the film makes sense because it couldn't survive the radiation. And so even that's if not they the try, story. I know I'm just right? saying like the story, like there's one part of it that you could say, well, okay, the film was destroyed by the radiation, uh -huh. which doesn't make sense because we've seen footage of them in the shuttle. Mm -hmm. Well, they were actually just in low earth orbit because mm -hmm. they faked the shot. So we've never seen them going through the Van Allen radiation belts. And even the, if, for people that don't know, th there's radiation that surrounds the earth that's, uh -huh. it was discovered by a guy named Van Allen. And even Van Allen said, it's impossible for us yeah, to go through go that through because it. yeah. it's such a, ma a massive amount of radiation, you die. Um, but you'd also definitely, like back in the day when you had film for a camera, you wouldn't, even when you go to the airport, you wouldn't put that through a metal detector because it'll destroy all of your film mm -hmm. that you have on there. So there's, you're talking about way more radiation than that. Yeah. So the only way you could possibly get film through those radiation belts is like in a thick lead box back to this idea of, well, lead's pretty heavy. Right. And, yeah. we're, you know, every pound counts. Yeah. Know? We've got to use an eighth of an inch sheet of aluminum for the body of the so spaceship. I'm just, yeah. I'm just saying lead. you could make some weird argument, you know, some weird aerobics or however yeah. you want to say, acrobatic move to explain the film. But the others, the, the telemetry data and yeah. the medical records and all of that, what on earth would be the reason that you would destroy that? Also missing, according to NASA and its various subcontractors, are the original plans, blueprints for the lunar modules and the lunar rovers and for the entire multi-section Saturn V rockets. So it's like they just lost everything. Do you think that could be an ex like a, a security thing? Like they're just saying that so that other people yeah, don't get it? that could be. I mean, I guess if you don't want, you know, secret agents from other point, countries. I mean, that's kind of in that article, he talks about it too. Like at this point, all of these other governments have this technology. So it's mm -hmm. like, why is China not gone to the moon? Mm -hmm. China has technology just so ridiculously beyond what they had in the 1960s. Yeah. If they could go to the moon, they would go to the moon. They can't go to the moon, so they haven't gone to the moon. Yeah. Same thing with Russia. Russia especially. Like, they've been uh, a space program forever. What, why haven't they gone to the moon yet? There's a great imaginary dialogue in that article. I won't read it. But oh, yeah, between Ivan just and a, Boris. Yeah, just a couple <laughs> of Russians. It? It's funny. Sure, yeah, I, I can. I Did was, you do uh, a good Russian accent? I'll pull it up, I'll and I'll be best. Ivan okay. do Boris. This would be funny. <laughs> Hold on. Let me pull it up. All right, let me scroll. Okay, down. you're gonna be Boris. Or you want me to be Boris? Uh, let me let me wait till I get in front okay. of me, and then we'll do it. It's pretty cl close to the bottom, isn't it? Yeah. I read this for my oldest son. He thought it was pretty funny. Oh, okay. I'll be Boris. Okay. Comrade Ivan, there is terrible news today. The Yankee imperialists have beaten us to the moon. What should we do? Let's just shit can our entire space program. But comrade, we are so close to success. We have had so much invested in the effort. Fuck it. If we can't be first, we aren't going at all. <laughs> but I beg of you, comrade, the moon has so much to teach us, and the Americans will surely not share with us the knowledge they have gained. Yet. <laughs> Did you pick that character so you didn't have to say the curse words? Is that... No, I was actually hoping to say it. But you you said it with a better accent than I can. You think I, there you towards know, the end, I thought, I think this is more of like an Austrian I, accent. I had an audition once for a film. Yeah. And I, it was so... 
it was out of nowhere. Somebody asked me to do it and I walked in and I'm and their casting directors there and they asked me to do it because they had a scene where they needed a band in the background. So I was there to audition for the band and uh, they had already cast the band like that day or so they'd already made up their minds. Yeah. So I walk in, I'm like, but they were like, but we need a, a waiter for this scene. And I was like, ah, I don't know, I guess I can be a waiter. And they go, but he's Russian. Can you do a Russian accent? Like on the spot, like I'm standing there, I'm like, <laughs> and he just hands me some lines. He's like, here, re read this in Russian. And I'm like, I'm from Oklahoma. I don't have a Russian accent. <laughs> it was as bad as good as I did there, where I'm like, I probably sound like Hispanic yeah. or something. I don't know. This yeah. is found Russian, but it was so, uh, yeah, that was an awkward, like, I guess. And, and then in, yeah. in hindsight, I don't know why I didn't just walk away. Like, I actually read it and I didn't just go, like, no, I'm a musician. I'm not an actor. I'm not here to right. read lines. Yeah. I'm here to be in the band. If you don't need me, I'm just leaving. I, yeah. I don't want to be a dopey waiter. Uh, <laughs> man, I'm, I'm a people pleaser. I would have given it a shot. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, well, everything's missing. So, uh, is I it have, you just said before we started, like, oh, I like you made it sound like you can't lose SD cards if you try to. They're just everywhere in this room, right? Yeah. I have the same sort of thing. There, there are, I've got a flash drive that I got 15 years ago. I haven't used it once. It's not important to me. It's made it through four moves in the last 10 years. I still have this flash drive. How could you guys lose? I have, oh, I wanted to bring this up. So uh, I couldn't get it quick enough, but I have a rock. I have a, a, an it's arrowhead. Is it a moon rock? No, oh, it's, okay. it's even older. It's cooler. Yeah. So when I was a kid, I was probably like seven or eight. I gave, My son took it to show and tell recently. That's why I thought of it. But I was like seven or eight, and we were walking along the bank of uh, Lake Thunderbird outside of Norman, mm -hmm. Oklahoma. And I looked down, and I saw what looked like a big arrowhead. I picked it up and I said to my dad, I said, hey, dad, I found an arrowhead. And he kind of brushed it off like, yeah, yeah, it's just a rock or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then, and I said, here, here, looked at it and he held it. And he looked at it, he's like, that's, that's a real arrowhead. Yeah. And my uncle worked for the Oklahoma Historical Society. So I sent it to him and asked him to look at it. And uh, I still have the papers he sent me. So he, he identified it as like being 5,000 years old from this tribe oh, that wow. was here long, long, long yeah. ago. Anyway, the point is, I still have that rock. <laughs> I've not lost that rock. Yeah. It, yeah. From the age of eight, I knew it was important that you don't it. you don't find a lot of these five thousand year old arrowheads. And if you do, keep track of where I it is. I put it in an envelope. Yeah. I labeled it top secret, and I kept it with my stuff all the so, way till age thirty nine. All NASA had to do was put some of these things in an envelope. I even labeled right mine top <laughs> secret. They could have said top secret just so it didn't Probably get. would have kept the spies out of there. Yeah. Oh, that's top speak secret. I better leave so, that alone. It, yeah, the idea that the that NASA could just lose our moon rocks. I kept mine. You could keep yours. <laughs> the plans. Yeah. Like, how many times have you been moving things around in your house and you come across IKEA instructions? And you're like, I don't need this. I already yes. built the shelf. Yes. Why do I still have these? My problem is getting rid of the stuff. Manuals for VCRs. I found those not long ago. Why do I need a VCR manual? Everything's so online. You can look it all up. How they lost the plans, the documentation for this stuff is beyond me. It's quite the quantity. So, and that is why coming into this, I was pretty hot on like, no, we did not go. Because <laughs> <laughs> somebody would have kept a handwritten schematic or something. My God, you would think. I mean, it is baffling. And and to make it, it's not a big deal. And David McGowan sources a lot of this. So if you read the articles, yeah. he's also sourcing where Reuters and other news yeah, outlets yeah. Have, have reported this. It's not his opinion. It's 
you know, NASA's own mm-hmm. words saying, you yeah, know, we've lost it. Just, we don't have any of the footage, any of the footage. You ever, one of your kids, you ask them where one of their shoes is, you see one of them, not the other. Like the whole house shuts down until we find the other <laughs> shoe. What's that conversation like? Hey, we're looking for the um, files on the moon. Nah, I'm it, bro. I don't, uh, I don't know, man. Well, we need to find those. Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow I'll, I'll take a look around. No, right now. It's maybe it's like uh, like an Indiana Jones in that in the warehouse with the, where they put the <laughs> the, the uh, Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, and it's like maybe it really is like that. It's, it's just a warehouse yeah. that's just so big, and there's alien bodies mixed in, and like all oh kinds of gosh. things you, you don't gotta... want to accidentally open. <laughs> and so when they say they yeah. can't find it, it's for a good reason. It's because yeah. if we start if we open the wrong crate, God knows what might come out of mm-hmm. it. So it's just better to say, yeah, we don't have it, but it is somewhere in a, a huge warehouse with you oh, know, my goodness, the Ark of the Covenant and yeah. everything else. Maybe anyway, yeah. uh, we're gonna we're gonna. Put pause there for the moon landing. That was a good start. Next one, we'll pick up with the rest of it. Um, In the meantime, I'm going to pause real quick and then bring on uh, my son, Teddy, has an important uh, topic to address real quick. Excellent. How are you? Good. Say hi to the the American people. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) This is is my, my son, Teddy, and I'm very proud of him for a lot of reasons. You move in closer so they can see you. I'm proud of you for a lot of reasons, but especially because the other day you were at the library. And I'm proud of you because you dressed up so nice to be on the Conspiracy Dad podcast. You look very handsome. <laughs> um, you were at the library at school. On Wednesday. On Wednesday. And you found a book and you wanted to come and talk to us about that book. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell us what the book is called? You got to talk into this thing. Okay. This book is talk, called, talk closer to it. This book is called Where is Area 51? Yeah, okay. <laughs> and uh there's a lot there's a lot of facts in it. It said the first sight of where they of where they saw something that was kind of strange was in I think 1947. 47, that's the year. Yeah. And the year uh, we created the CIA. And <laughs> And on July, no, not July seventh. Uh, June fourteenth. June fourteenth. Uh, a ranch worker named uh, William Brain Brazel Brazel found a pile of strange items smack in the middle of an open field near Roswell. A, a pile Roswell. of strange what? Uh, items. items. Oh, items. Okay. And so they were, they were, it was included some wood, foil, and rubber. Wood, foil, and rubber. rubber. You can read the rest of it. Where had these things come from? And, and, um, there's another side. This is like early later. Like they've seen more things, but this is more. The things that they saw was, uh, was uh uh when people looked at, at up at Nevada night sky they had no idea what the strange lights and flat dislike shapes could be and and uh and so and it says some people jumped to the conclusion 
that the UFOs were arriving from outer space. And so this picture... Let me read this one. Airline pilots even reported sightings to air traffic. traffic controls on the ground and to the U.S. Air Force. Exclamation point. Air Force. (laughs) (laughs) Keep going. You're doing great. The CIA checked UFOs signs against the Project Ox Ox Cart Flight Logs. logs of where when planes flew the dates matched but they the but the public could not be let in or the secret so this is secret. so they were saying it was like secret military aircraft that they couldn't talk about right mm-hmm. yeah they what do you think of that have you met our buddy kokomo before i think i have he's probably been over here for a cookout or something yeah. he's a pilot Mm-hmm. And much like the pilots in the book you were just reading, he has talked to air traffic control when he's seen unidentified flying objects. Mm-hmm. And yeah, air traffic control came back to him and said, yeah, yeah, we see those sometimes. Now, this is not an Area 51 where he saw him. This was in the Pacific Northwest. But um, I'm telling you, I'm just agreeing with what you're saying, like, yeah, pilots see that stuff and they talk to the air traffic control about it. Do you think it was military flight or do you think it was like extraterrestrial, like outside of this world? Do you think it was aliens flying this stuff? I think that was outside of this world. I don't think that came inside this world. Do you think it's possible that the military has planes that they haven't told us about? Mm -hmm. And maybe that's what it is? Mm, Most likely not because most planes don't don't look like that. They they. Mm. They have like wings that yeah. spread apart, so so they can fly better. Propulsion and, systems, mm-hmm. and, and so, and uh, those were like flat, round things that mm-hmm. were flying, and no one knows what those are. Yeah, and so I don't, I don't think that it's uh, from the military mm. on the planes that they made there. What What do you think maybe was going on? Mm, I don't know. What was going? I technically don't know what was going on, but uh, I don't know how they came here or why they came here. Hmm. What did you tell your teachers? And uh, uh, that I'm I might be joining this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right on. Subscribe yeah. and listen to oh. the Conspiracy <laughs> <Town> podcast. <laughs> Dave, you have any questions for him? Um, no, I think <laughs> no. That was my main question: was uh, what your take was on them, whether you thought they were from out of this world or if it's just a secret that the military is keeping, like maybe it's technology that they don't want us to know about or others, other countries to know about. But it sounds like you're convinced these are aliens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe. It's all keep an open mind. I'll tell you what. What I'm finding with getting into this stuff is you can be sure about it right now one way, and then tomorrow you might go, you know what, they they might be onto something with this military secret thing. And then the day after that you go, no, no, for sure, it's definitely aliens. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I told Dave I want you to be in Space Force when you grow up. Mm-hmm. You want to go join Space Force? Maybe. Fight the aliens? <laughs> Maybe. How many push-ups can you do? In a minute, like like thirty. Oh yeah, that's the requirement for yeah, Space Force. No man. problem. Yeah. 
And you could throw a baseball pretty fast too. Oh, good. Yeah. That was the other requirement I read about. Yeah. Was there anything that you want to ask us about uh, conspiracies or, well, Roswell, Area 51, any of that? Uh, like, do you... Come in close like, so they can hear you on the microphone. Like, so you you talk about history, right? A lot of times, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that was the, the only thing that I was thinking because I think that I might go... I'm going to the library tomorrow on Ooh. Wednesday, and so I'm thinking about getting a book. Why don't you get another book that has something cool in it and you can share it with us next time? Okay. Is there something in history that you want to read about? Like a part of history that you think is interesting? Um, I don't know most of it, but once I go to the library, I like see a bunch of it. Well, you could be our, our, our gopher to get out there and get us some good books on a subject. So you find something interesting to talk about and you come back and we'll be on the show again. Okay. All right. You're awesome, kid. Love you, bud. Thanks for coming on. Okay. You want to give Dave a high five? Right on. Oh, don't kick his camera over. All right. <laughs> Going out. Thanks, bud. Good job on the book. There we go. What a good kid. The debunkers are listening to this like they're indoctrinating the kids already with the. Yeah, well, what are they doing? What's NASA doing? Yep. Yeah. Propaganda, man. I'm trying to teach them to think critically. Sure. You know, um, it's, it is a tough. It's a tough, like, I remember my oldest when he came home and he was asking me about the moon landing. And it's like, well, am I going to say what I know I'm supposed to say or am right, I going to tell yeah. him what I really think? And I did say something to that effect of there's a lot of people that think that we landed on the moon. There's also a lot of people that think we didn't. And I don't know. I wasn't you know? there. Like, I wasn't yeah. there. Uh, you have to, there's things in life that you have to, you know, look at and come to your own conclusion about mm -hmm. it. But it was a moment of like, you feel that pressure sure, of the yeah. system. Like you just have to say, and if you say the wrong thing, it's like you're a man. That's you're a bad person. That's now. something that uh, McDowell covers in this first article. Is just you know by bringing this up, you kind of get lumped in with nutty folks. You know, so like it discredits you to some degree. Just if you are willing to broach the subject, that's why I think it's good to just embrace that whole like ah. I feel sorry for you if we, you know, like I mean, like really just own it and just like, yeah. you know, I don't know. Maybe it's not. But anyway, great first dip our toes into this. Next podcast, we'll dive more into his other uh, series, parts in the series, and study the many, many questions that Dave McGowan raises about the lunar landings and the whole Apollo program and uh, perhaps what you know, a different version of history than what we all were taught in school. So that's about it. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Like, subscribe, share, and uh, we'll keep bringing these to you.